The 5 O'Clock Frenzy is presented by Nova Home Loans. Call 577-2600 for help in buying a new home. Now, back to Coalfield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Five o'clock hours here. Adam Hill, Demont, Cofield. The frenzy is brought to you by Nova Home Loans. Five seven seven twenty six hundred. You want to call John over there? We know right now interest rates are a little bit of a mess. Uh, they can work on the rates for you. The, the biggest thing is he's got a, a plan in place, but you got to call him on how to save major money here. And we know right now, you know, making that home purchase is a little bit tough. So you got to call him. Call John. Nova Home Loans, 577-2600. If you remember, uh, we did you know a lot of work with Nova Home Loans uh, a few years ago for years and years and years. And those are the guys we leaned on when we were buying houses and then had a refi. So they're doing some great things now, and I believe in them. Uh, I will use them again. 577-2600. It's Nova Home Loans. It, it's, uh, it's hilarious. Adam, during the break, was talking about how little he has been on Twitter I know we talk about Twitter a lot. It is, for the media, a really good tool, or at least it was. It's yeah. changed a lot recently, and um, I thought you were over, high, over kind of overdoing that it had changed a bunch, and then I got hit with some of the changes about three weeks ago, and it's just it's different. It just doesn't work the same way, and I miss a lot of stuff that's going on. I have, I have to like mentally recalibrate about where I'm going to get my news from and feeds because that thing was like super fast. You could look at it for a couple minutes, scroll through, and you get your news. Um, you know – the takeover of the D.C. football club in the NFL to the Josh Harris group from the Snyders is complete, and there's been a lot of celebrating the last day and a half. So, of course, the Snyders had to send out a message today. And it's just like, just walk away, puffing their chest out about, we are proud to have built the most diverse leadership group of any NFL team, including having the highest representation of women, underrepresented groups, and the uh, first full-time black female coach in league history. But here's the thing. All of that was because you were creeps. You were basically forced to do it, and I don't even believe you did it because you wanted to do it. So it wasn't genuine action. No. You just got shamed because so many stories came out about what horrendous human beings you were and the organization you're running that's like, oh, look what we did. Yeah, you were made to do it. Chest thumping. Look at us. Good for you guys. I don't. I and the other one. I don't know a lot about Tanya Snyder, but she's got to be a really interesting lady to be married to Dan. And she's like, she's on all these notes that they send out. I'm like, I, I guess they're similar. I can't imagine Dan Snyder finding someone like Dan Snyder. Birds of a feather. But I guess they're out there. Well, you, even if they're not like you, they become like you for a couple billion dollars. Yeah, that'll that'll change it. Yeah, you'll get real comfortable. Yeah. So we start off the 5 o'clock hour with one of, one of the, the real passions of this show. Not me. Slam ball? Still not. Well, slam ball's on. You guys are going crazy every break. But Damon started on the Immaculate Grid stuff. JVT jumped in. You haven't been on as much lately, but I know you're in it. Do we have breaking? Uh, first of all, explain what Immaculate Grid is. It, it's basically there's a, a grid, the 3x3 three three grid. There's three columns on top, three on the left. And you have to fill in somebody in Major League Baseball history who fits both the left column and the upper column okay. where they intersect. So right. if it's 
a play. There could be a team, could be a stat. So if it's like Baltimore Orioles, 50 home run hitters, like Brady Anderson. Um, and you try to get the most obscure ones. So that's kind of the goal is okay. if there's an obvious answer, you don't use it. You try to use the less obvious answer. Uh, sometimes it's somebody who played on both the Phillies and the Orioles. Like, okay, then you got to try to figure that out. So Every time you've pitched this, I'm like, okay. Steve, now, come on. You haven't even I, looked not, at it? Not, I don't know why I'm not on board. There's NFL now, too. I think a lot of it – well, one, I really didn't look into it. The The time of day it comes out is what? Usually flips over at midnight. Oh, so you can do it. 9 p.m. our time. You get 24 hours to do it. Oh, okay. Would and then a new be, one. Would but, be... but the thing is, there's only one. So you do it. Right. And then you're like, oh, man, I had to wait four, 24 hours to do another one. Pull up a pull up different tabs, everybody. You can you can click on it from Twitter. You can use your regular, you know, if you're using Chrome, and then go to your Safari if you need a couple extra cracks at it. Oh, really? Oh, that's cheating. It's not cheating. It's of course like, it oh, is. no, it's not. Of course it is. <laughs> no, it is not. The whole okay? point is you only get one one guess for each one. Uh, yeah, but maybe you're like, ah, oh, man, I, no, I that's cheating. You're not going to question my integrity of the game. Okay, I, mean, I it, just did. It sounds pretty shaky. I'll be honest with you. Where you're like, use. There's a reason you only get one chance to do it. But sometimes you're like, mm, I should have went with that other guy. Yeah. So then you can correct so that mistake. So you're cheating. So were you lying when you said you got a perfect score that it was actually yeah, like three that's right on your in? fifth try? Right. You know what? I'm not going to sit here and stand for this. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, we just got you. I'm not going to stand we for this. Busted. Maybe. Demond was busted. Maybe I. Are you saying my immaculate score doesn't count? No, it doesn't. Because I did. I got it on the second time around. No, of course it doesn't. I don't believe you. You're Wouldn't cheating. it be cool if it was like a benchmark, though? Like, it's just at a certain time. Like, you look forward to it, not freaking 9 o'clock at night. No, that's how it was. With, by the way, because so, somebody, I don't know if it's happened yet or not, somebody's going to pay a lot of money to, to buy this, just like Wordle with the New York Times, and then it just disappeared. <laughs> I, think I think the same thing's going to happen here. I hey, like what? that it's the football version I'm showing you guys right now. All you got to do is click over, Steve. So you can play baseball and football at the exact same oh, that's, time. That's easy. <laughs> so what are they going to do now? They're shifting the time? Yeah, the new one comes out now in the morning. Okay. What time? I think it's 9 a.m. now. Okay. Which would be 6, 6 a.m. for here. us. Yeah. I don't really like it. I like 9 o'clock. Can I make a suggestion? It doesn't matter. what It's 24 hours. You get 24 hours. It comes out whenever. Wouldn't it be good if it first came out at like 1.30 local time? Like right after lunch? Because there's a lot of people. We don't do lunch. But there's a lot of people. They hit lunch. They come out of it. And then it's like two hours to get revved up again, and then the workday's over like sure. an hour later. Wouldn't it be something to look forward to after lunch? Well, the thing you is, get jacked up for like a half an hour doing it. You also miss more work time. You can fake that you're working. I don't, I don't mind like, this. And then if you succeed, you're like, let's go. I don't mind two this at all. 2 o'clock to 4 o'clock is the super issue, productive time in a 9 sure. to 5 day. The issue is here. You can do it at that time every day if you want. It, the new one just comes out in the morning. I don't think I can yeah, hold Yeah, you back. can save it, yeah. You have to have the discipline not to play it right. until 1.30. Yeah. We have to make people wait. Okay. <laughs> Okay. I'm not an owner, by the way. I don't. I don't know why we're. Well, what? Why, why are we? We. You should be getting live. Why don't you just do this. a new one every 20 minutes? Is there an AE because listening right now? Pitch immaculate grid for Demond. Because I'll tell you what. Demond's a cheater. We're not going to let him be the spokesperson. Yo, guess what I did yesterday? The first guess. He loves it. It was Kansas City Chiefs, San Francisco 49ers. Point zero zero percent, six percent. Guess you, Mark you McMillan. You didn't go <laughs> nice. I you said didn't. Mark McMillan, my guy. They didn't even have his picture there. That's how you know it was oh, a rare find. That, what a slap in the face. You got credit, though, I think right? everybody yeah, yeah. said Joe Montana, I'm sure. Yeah, but I went Mark Joe Montana's McMillan. the easy one. Yeah, Mark McMillan's a really good one. Great. Good job. Was that on your second or third try? I went six for eight on that Is one. That on okay. Safari or Explorer? Six for eight. Six out of eight. There's nine. No, six out, excuse me. Six out of nine. Leave me alone. It's not good. No, no, no. It's Seven not good. Nine. What about on your second try? 
I didn't even do a second try yesterday. Another recurring theme. I don't theme, need to be immaculate every day, okay? Another recurring theme on the show has been this weird thing, Barbenheimer. We got into it in the middle of the show yesterday with JVT. Um, we tried it with Willie. He just he shut down mentally on Barbie. Uh, DeMond's been Did all about decide- it. Not to revisit. DeMond said he has not, a, not, he, no, he actually to, has I was a, date. Say, not he has a date coming up. Oh, well, no, it's friend. It's a friend. But I don't think she knows whether it's a date or not right. is the issue. And now you send in something. Are sports teams, are they being paid to get involved or are they actually fired up about it? Uh, it seems like they're actually just jumping on the trend. Okay. Um, and a lot of them are just, it's two pictures of players, sometimes the same player, dressed differently. And it's like Oppenheimer, Barbie. They're dressed as Barbie. No, no, no. Like, they might have, like, an outlandish outfit, and, like, that's Barbie, and then, like, a very plain outfit. That's Oppenheimer. Okay. Like, one ticket to Oppenheimer, please. One ticket to Barbie, please. And it's just two different pictures of the same guy in a lot of cases. Um, but a lot of teams are doing it. They're jumping on board. I think they're just having fun with the trend. And, by the way, for especially for NFL, it's still the off season. Not a whole lot going on. So Celtics and Chargers and more get in on the Barbenheimer trend. Yeah, there's the a, Chargers uh, do it on social media because they're – that is the best social media team. They are maybe in all of sports, but everybody NFL NFL dot or the at NFL account uh, on Threads. <laughs> oh, is that right? Probably Twitter too. But okay, <laughs> reason to go to Threads. Uh, they they put out the you know Travis Kels in a just a plain outfit. One ticket for Oppenheimer, please, with a bomb, which is I think somewhat offensive. Uh, and then him giving a peace sign and a pink shirt. One ticket for Barbie, please, with a heart emoji. Yeah, I don't even get this bit. You're right. They're dressed <laughs> differently. I don't I like Travis Kelsey just looks like a freaking clown in both. What about Dwayne Wade with the Miami Heat? They put one of them, him in black, and one with the uh, alternative Miami Vice pink jersey. You know, which one are you? Is also is that what they're also doing? Oppenheimer's just black and white picture and Barbie's a color picture? Yes. Usually color pink. photo. No, it's usually like a, a somebody dressed in plain colors and then loud colors. Yeah, I'm gonna let me vote You're on out. this. Is it lame or n- it's lame? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not into it. Are you Are you okay with the gritty one, which is gritty is just in a very pink, like rhythmic gymnastics outfit? Yes. And he said ten thousand retweets, and I'll wear this to Oppenheimer. Of course, that's great. Anything gritty works. That's great. He nailed it. Adam, you doing the double feature? Uh, no. Um, who's gonna be funny? And are you okay which with character? Are you here with Golden Knights of just using Barbashev twice with the same outfit? Of course, yes. Okay. Which must infuriate yes, you because you, you hate when I call him Barbie constantly. Butchie, Barbie, and Marshy. Also, I don't understand the concept of why are they all buying a ticket themselves. With, nobody's going with any of them because they're all one ticket for Barbie, please. One ticket for Oppenheimer, please. They're all just going by themselves. This needs a deep dive. <laughs> you, should, you should do You're that. You're thinking on your, about you it. You should do hard. that on your own at 6.05. I'm still too caught up in – I'm still too well. I'll be going a, a million miles an hour to make the du- second half of the doubleheader oh, slam, slam ball. ball. <laughs> so it starts at six thirty. Am I going to like Ken in the Barbie movie, or am I going to be? Am I going to feel sorry I for him? I have to hope that you're not seeing it. Eventually, it's Ryan Gosling. Of course, you're going to like him. Come on, what are we talking? about? Are they going to? I think he's going to be the butt of the joke. I think. I think in the real world, that's the whole theme. Barbie and Ken go to the real world. I think he's just going to be just a buffoon. Poor Ken. Well, I'll be able to report back on Monday. So you you will. Yeah. Yes. I don't think. Well, by the way, what is this going to Are you, are you did, treating the other person? 
Yeah, who bought the ticket? Okay, guys. See, you keep making constant. <laughs> well, she bought the tickets. Both so, of them? Yes. Wow. Ooh, okay. IMAX for Oppenheimer. This, means a, this right. means a lot more Are you, than we thought. Does that mean you're going, That's you're buying investment. snacks? Movie snacks are expensive. Might be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Watch that on the movie snacks. <laughs> That's bad. That's wow. bad. By the way, I got treated to two beers. They were seven fifty a piece yesterday, and the only thing I did for the person was help them kill time before they left town. And they put their giant suitcase in my car, and then they got it afterwards because my car was in a parking garage. And he's fine. And the person was like, "Yeah, I'll treat you." I'm like, "Flying back to Denver?" I'm like, "That was nice. That was nice." He's flying back to Denver after that. Uh, it might not have been him. Okay. Who knows? All right. I don't make it obvious like you do when you gave away your source earlier with a certain organization. Only off the air, not on. It was pretty clear on. You didn't uh, know? I, I think I had no we idea. We went to break and I you know. were like, wait, who is this? <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. No idea. So I clearly didn't give it away. Devon still doesn't know. I, I don't know who so, this person is. <laughs> so I clearly didn't so, give it away. So if I bet, or if I put up a bet, boy, I'm trying to think of the odds. I can't, I'm not going to be able to come up with the real odds because obviously... There's a lot of things that have to happen. Would you? What do you think of like ten to one? You'll be talking to Caleb Williams a lot because he'll have been drafted by the Raiders next April. I don't even know what the number on that would be with all the variables. Fourteen to one. Okay. Does that also mean I have to assume that I'm still going to be here? Oh, okay. Working. I don't Big know. news coming? No. Yeah. No. no. The guy who's been at the paper. If that's, if that's built into the equation. The guy who's been at the paper for, uh, I don't oh. even know how old you are now. I'm trying to do the math. It could also be. Like 43? 44? Could also be covering the A's. Oh, come on. <laughs> they wouldn't put you on that beat. Come we'll on. Stop. We'll see. That is outrageous. That is outrageous I love, I love breaking baseball. news. That's outrageous breaking news. It's not breaking news. I love baseball, though. We'll see. Have there been talks at the paper? We're planning a lot of things, but they're not supposed to be here until 2028, so I think we can we can hold off on the daily meetings about that, I'm sure. You would miss the NFL draft and a chance to interview number one pick for the Raiders, Caleb Williams, because you're on the beat on the road for the A's? Well, I wouldn't be on the road yet. This is out. Good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> that they're, not they're not They're not going to make that kind of investment. No, not in 2024, I don't think. Hey, they bumped their payroll. They bumped their payroll to fifty-one million dollars. Twenty twenty-five. We'll it. see. Uh, so anyway, Caleb Williams, I, don't, I, don't settle for jumpers. You, you kind of watch Caleb Williams a little differently now because analytics are already taking over the sport. Because he is going to be the number one pick. He has a, a good chance to be a top five pick, right? He, and a and a solid chance to be the number one pick if he has a big season. Are the Raiders kind of orchestrating this so they can be in the number one hole? They should so be. I, so I was watching him do interviews today, watching him up on the stage at a Zook nightclub at Resort World. Uh, for the Pac-12 Media Day, and kind of watching his presence, um, he's got a presence. Yeah, he's got. He does not sound like a nervous college football quarterback. Like there's a bigger part presence of, than. But it's part of why I think it's so clear. It's been so clear for so long that he's going to be number one pick. It's not just about what he does on the field, which is incredible. Like he's he's kind of that guy. So Willie Ramirez caught up with Caleb Williams, got a couple of minutes out of the USC quarterback who could be the number one pick in the NFL draft, and. Start off the conversation going back to a comment that Caleb Williams had made last year about winning the Heisman, but he still felt like a sense of loss because he wasn't in the Final Four. And Willie talked about kind of keeping that energy going into this season, that it's really all about winning and winning at the highest level. No, it resonates a lot. I'd much rather host the, the Golden Trophy at the end. It uh, means a lot more to me than, than the Bronze Trophy. 
And it doesn't mean a lot more to disrespect the Heisman because obviously the Heisman is, I mean, it's only 88 of us out of, what is it, 8 billion people in the world. So, I mean, it's, it's a one percenter thing. Um, but it's, it's more or less the being, like, that's why you go out there and play football. Um, you work hard throughout the offseason to be the best at your position, but you go out there um, and work hard, but also to, to win games as a team. And, and, and you know, being able to win the last one and last one of any one season um, is, is extremely important to me. That's why, the reason why I play. I play for championships. And, um, you know, it's, it resonates a lot because it, it, it burns aside to be able to, that I had said that up there. Um, I didn't want to say it, but, I mean, it was the truth. And um, I also got a little laughter out of the, out of the crowd, so he's eased up the crowd a little bit. You said that if you were healthy, healthier, mm-hmm. right, going into the Pac-12 tournament, things might have turned out differently, and, and the outcome could have been different as the whole. Um, how have you mentally and physically prepared for this season to sort of not let that linger? Because a lot of times when you suffer an injury, you, you let it sit in your mind. How have you mentally and physically prepared? It hasn't been lingering already. I mean, I played a game three weeks later, so couldn't have been lingering that much for me. And I worked, I worked day in and day out. Right as soon as I popped my hamstring, I worked day in and day out um, to make sure I could be on that field with my brothers. Um, the outcome of the game wasn't what we wanted to be the last game that we were able to play, but um, I made sure I was on that field um, to make sure that you know we at least have the best shot. Um, and and so um, I think when I'm on the field, we got the best shot to win. When I'm healthy, we got the, we got even a better shot to win. So um, you know, just you know, whether it's weights, whether it's mobility, whether it's stretching and, 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 and actually getting out there and running and sprinting and, and things like that, having a routine um, that I stick to throughout the season, uh, whether, it's, whether it's food, lifts, running, whatever the case may be, um, that'll help me stay, stay healthy for 15 games. So can't wait. Last question for you. You came out of high school. I, I read an article, five-star recruit, big-time recruit out of D.C., mm-hmm. right? You've been handling the national notoriety, if you will, for a long time. Does mm-hmm. that sort of, has that helped the, being at a younger age, handling the national spotlight? Does it help handle the pressure of taking over and sort of resurrecting a, a historic program like USC? Yeah. I, I mean, you could probably say it unconsciously that it's, that it's helped, but Consciously, I, I wouldn't say so. I don't think a pressure is a thing as long as you're prepared for the moment. And I've had, I've had my, my team, whether it's my football team or my team outside of football, that, that helps me day in and day out uh, for many, many years now, um, prepare me for moments, whether it's on or off the field. Uh, they still help me now. Um, you know, they tell me things I don't want to hear, even though I need to hear it. And so it's just, you know, being prepared for the moment, you know, pressure doesn't, you know, pressure doesn't arise in those moments. There he is, Caleb Williams, USC quarterback, could be the number one pick in the draft, looking for a big season. I'm not sure if uh, even if he doesn't have a big season, he's still going to be in the running based on what he's done. And you hear the maturity there, the approach, the leadership skills. He could still be the number one pick in the upcoming draft. Let's qualify one final person for the week for our Lotus Summer of Fun. 364-1100, 364-1100. Caller 7, you will qualify for... Tickets to an Aviators game. And then the biggie is you qualify for our grand prize trip. Grand prize trip this week is a cruise to Alaska. Or you can take the cash. $3,000 cash. We've been doing trip and some cash. This is a big prize. So you can do the cash or the trip straight out. 364-1100. It's our Lotus Summer of Fun. Caller 7. You are in as a qualifier. Devon will hook you up. What is he doing? He just showed me a quick clip 
During the break, Adam Hill, Steve Cofield, ESPN Las Vegas, Cofield and Company. Devon is here as well. We're going to try to hunt down Trey Wingo in just a little bit, talk a little British Open through two rounds and also a bunch of NFL topics. Bryce Harper is playing first today. What was he just doing? Oh, I thought he was playing first to try to protect his health and <laughs> longevity. Uh, he just dove into the camera well and made one of the most absurd catches you're going to see. Well, the problem is he j- dove into the camera well and then like slammed his arm against the outside wall. <laughs> right. Like, bruh. So much for trying to I mean, protect himself. Well, you remember the beginning of his career. We used to talk about it all the time because uh, baseball rules. You never know what unwritten baseball rules are going to tell you. Uh, Bryce Harper was annoying veterans for, listen to this one, playing too hard. Well, running hard to first base on ground outs. Well, that they also, one. that one, hey, he would run full speed. Like, he'd, he'd have a pop-up to short right. He'd run full speed, like almost reach second, and they're like, what are you doing? And then yeah. the other one was when he would, you know, if, whether it was a catch. It was No, it was usually, it was a scoop and throw, trying to get the ball to third base or home plate. He would do a flip. Yeah. And they're like, the hell? Yeah. So, essentially, one of the unwritten rules of baseball is, while all of them are, hey, respect the game, one of them is, don't make the rest of us look bad because we don't try as hard as you. That's some set of rules. <laughs> That's I, this one would apply, I guess. But if well, a Latin but, player doesn't try hard enough, whoo! Oh, <laughs> don't ridiculous. you know it. Don't you know it. Uh, You're right. I don't... I don't know how, uh, how much you guys remember. I follow broadcasting uh, firings and suspensions a lot. Yeah, there was a guy, uh, what was his name, Larry, I won't even mention his last name, in the Bay Area, who did something about making a reference to, like, brain-dead Caribbeans. And they were like, okay, you got to go. And then guess what? He was back, like, three years later. And they're like, okay, we need broadcasters. But that, that is one of those things. Or, hey, you know what, Latinos? Don't have so much fun. Enough with the celebration, okay? That's not the way Americans do it. How many times we hear that? Who were the, who were some of the culprits on that? Ian Kinsler was one. Yeah, but it was mainly you'd get that uh, that unwritten rules of baseball a lot from Braves players and Cardinals players, and often it would apply to like you said Latino players. And in this case, Bryce Harper played too hard. Okay, guys, what do you want? By the way, circling back to the beginning of the show, Klyovkov not being nervous. So George Klyovkov, the uh, Pac-12 commissioner, now what? Just got a flash on my phone. Colorado could be leaving the Pac-12. <laughs> like, oh, your argument was? Oh, we're done. Him, him saying, <laughs> this not. is the John Moran we're finding in the West. <laughs> well, that would suggest that, because we talked about it yesterday, that they were actually going to show all the school presidents the basic outline of what was coming. And I think his name is Phil DeStefano, is the chancellor at Colorado. And he's like, we're good. But he's also, he talks all the time. He's easily the most accessible, quotable president in the conference so i'm i'm sure that's what's happening sounds here. like uh rick george colorado athletic director had said you know what we're interested for this week we're gonna see the numbers see what kind of deal we're working out and then as he was leaving the media day uh some reporters said hey do you see any numbers what do you got he goes i got a fight to catch let's get an update on the british open yeah we know the numbers have been in for a while but we haven't had a chance to get to it today on cofield and company Let's bring in Trey Wingo. I want to talk some NFL, but I know Trey's been tweeting a lot about the uh, the Open, the British Open, and uh, has some thoughts on it. And right out of the gate, Trey, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Good, man. How are you? Always good to be on with you guys. Yeah, we're good. We're good. We appreciate you coming on uh, late on a Friday here. So uh, Brian Harmon and a five-stroke lead is kind of historic in terms of uh, what's happened in the past, but he also has his own demons, right? 
Yeah, look, Brian is a really plucky player. Um, he's he's a guy who's great in match play. He, he's never going to overpower a golf course, which actually helps him uh, at a place like Royal Liverpool because where a lot of people have to take driver out of their bag to avoid uh, some of the 81 bunkers on the course. And by the way, if you put it in a bunker, it's just an automatic stroke penalty. You're, you're not going to be able to advance it. So that's sort of out of his issue or out of his area of problem because he doesn't hit it that far. But to your point, uh, this is the, he's been around in majors before. You know, he, he, uh, he, he was top 10 last year at the Open Championship in at St. Andrews in 2017. He had the 36 and 54 hole lead at the U.S. Open at Aaron Hills before Brooks Kepka went on to win it. But he's trying to do something that he's never done before. Mm. Uh, this is the fifth time he's had a share or a co-share of the lead in a PGA Tour event. And I know it's the Open Championship, but it does count as a PGA Tour event. He's closed exactly zero of those times. So he's trying to do something he's never done, and his closest competitor is Tommy Fleetwood, who grew up in Southport, which is about an hour away from Liverpool. His dad was a lorry driver or a truck driver, uh, as we would call it here. He's looking for his first PGA Tour win. He's won on the European Tour several times, but he's, he's never won on the PGA Tour. He came close to the Canadian Open earlier this summer when he went into a playoff with Nick Taylor before the native Canadian uh, made that incredible eagle putt on the playoff hole to win it. So we have a guy who's trying to do what he's never done. His closest chaser is a guy trying to do what he's never done. (laughs) And massive weather coming in tomorrow and Sunday, which will make it impossible for everyone to try and do what they're trying to do. And I think this is a course, uh, you tweeted about this, Trey Wingo's with us, that comebacks have not really happened at this size at, uh, at this course in Liverpool. Yeah, look, the last two times uh, it's, it's been played there, uh, after 36 holes, Rory McIlroy had hit exactly 132 strokes, went on to win. In 2006, after 36 holes, Tiger Woods had made exactly 132 strokes and went on to win. And Brian Harmon, through two rounds, has made exactly 132 strokes. And he's got a five-shot lead. But I just feel like with the weather coming in, a five-stroke lead for someone trying to do something they've never done before can evaporate pretty quickly. I was going to say, up on Caesars or your book of choice, I would play some comebacks. I would. Yeah, I would, I would too. I mean, look, Jordan Spieth had an up-and-down round, but he's going to be right in there. Um, you know, there's you know, Seth Straka, who won a couple weeks ago at the John Deere. Uh, he's right there at four under par. He's six back. There's a lot of really good golfers at three under par. I just think that tomorrow, like, for example, if, if Brian Harmon can get through tomorrow, because it's going to be sort of like a Ryder Cup crowd, because like we said, Tommy Fleetwood is a local kid. He comes from about an hour away. It's going to be a raucous, very pro-Tommy Fleetwood crowd. If, if Brian Harmon can hang on and still have the lead going into Sunday, I like his chances. Uh, but if he only has a one-stroke lead or he's tied going into Sunday, things could get very difficult. I like that you mentioned raucous crowd and golf because it seems like certain members of the new generation were bothered by that over the last five years. You know, blades of grass being touched and coins being shaken or someone taking a photo and having a little clicking sound. Um, It's funny. I have a friend who's – I'll go as far as saying he's anti-golf because of the attitude of some of the golfers and how quiet it it has to be. He uh, he texted me last week and he was like, you know what, Steph Curry winning that tournament is one of the coolest things ever because that crowd at at that Tahoe course is just – it's lunacy. And uh, those athletes can concentrate, and then we get complaints from uh, some of the guys who are the best in the world about not being able to concentrate. 
Yes, that's true. But I did hate the fact that the guy yelled purposely in Marty Fisher's backswing on 18. I mean, that was okay. uncool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I did not like that at all. Was there a uh, – I've seen these a couple times now, a Just Stop Oil protest at the course today. Did Billy Horschel actually have to kind of help be a security guard? Did you see this? Yeah, I mean, these things happened before. Like when Tiger won in 2006, as he was walking up the 18th, some people threw purple smoke bombs onto the course to complain about something. I can't remember what it was. So it's not a surprise. These things have happened before. Um, And, you know, these are kind of things you just have to deal with. Like, it's hard to win a major, right? There's only 20 guys in the history of the sport that have won five of these things. And that's what Rory McIlroy has been trying to do for nine freaking years, okay? So you have to be able to block out a lot of distractions and a lot of uh, distractions. And by the way, if Rory doesn't win and come back over the weekend, he's nine back right now. And I certainly think that's within the realm of possibilities, the way he can play. And obviously with what we talked about with Brian, it'll be nine years since he last won a major. And I don't know what's weirder, the fact that Rory hasn't won one in nine years, or he's only 34 and he hasn't won one in nine years. Well, I'd feel a lot better about not winning majors if I were Rory if I had taken like $400 million from the Saudis. I know that's a smart Alec remark. I, you know, in the end, I kind of wonder if he looks at it and he's like, what did I do all this for when the PGA just turned around and basically let the Saudis buy us? You know, it's interesting because, I, first of all, I, I think that uh, he will be, what's the word I'm looking for, the phrase I'm looking for, taken care of when this deal goes through. Oh, okay. But, but secondly, I do think that uh, – that he has no regrets about it because he's he's been he's been very adamant. He doesn't hate PIF and all this other stuff. He doesn't like live at all. He can't stand the concept of live golf. He doesn't like anything about it. I don't think that he has any regrets. Um, like Will Zalatoris said something once, and he, you know Will Zalatoris is a guy that's only won once on the PGA Tour, and he's missing all of this season as he has a surgery and trying to come back and get healthy again. He's like, it's not life changing money. It's just more money. And how much do you need? And, and that's a great question. And that's a great sort of philosophy that I think Rory is sort of like, Rory's never going to hurt for money. His kids are never going to hurt for money. His grandkids are never going to hurt for money. It's just a question of what do you want to be remembered for at this point for him? And I think for him, in his mind, I don't think he has any regrets about not going down the live route. Trey Wingo's up on ESPN Las Vegas with Cofield and company. So let's go back to the uh, the Tahoe tournament. There was a moment in Tahoe when Aaron Rodgers got pulled aside by a local TV dude, and they got a reaction about being on Hard Knocks. He sounded kind of grumpy. I, in, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm – probably losing my objectivity because I'm a Jets fan. So now all of a sudden I'm real yeah. protective of Rodgers. I, when I watched it, I was like, maybe this is a work. Maybe he's, he's already like in the, the, the mode of like, hey, look look out, man. It's going to be grumpy Rodgers on the show. What do you think of his comments? I think it was accurate. Like, look, what did Mark Murphy, the president of the Packers, say about Aaron uh, a couple years ago? He's a complicated fella, okay? <laughs> but he just is, right? He's He is persnickety. He's... You know, he went through that whole thing during COVID where he tried to dance around whether or not he's been vaccinated by saying, yeah, I've been immunized. And then he was like, well, I was waiting for someone to follow up. No, man, you were trying to skate on that. Let's just be honest about it. And if someone asked you about it, I'm sure you would follow up and say something different. But you wanted to throw something out that was purposely vague so you didn't have to answer the question. Like, it, you can go back and try and rewrite this history and say, well, I was just waiting for someone to answer me. No, you don't want anyone to answer that, that, follow, that follow-up question. You wanted someone to move on from that. So you were purposely vague for that reason. He is a complicated, persnickety guy. His family still has no idea why he's divorced them. They don't know what they did, but Aaron Rodgers doesn't talk to any members of his family. So that answer he gave about the Jets and Hard Knocks seemed to me 
right on point to whom Rodgers has been his entire career. Trey, I want to go back to the Open. Before I ask my question, i got to say, I'm a big Ricky guy. Ricky Fowler, that's been my guy. Yeah. I thought he was going to win the U.S. Open. But there are a couple of big names sitting at plus three. You got Ricky, Adam Scott, Brooks Kepka, Scotty Scheffler. Who do you think of those guys would be more likely to have a top ten finish if I was going to put some money on them? Well, I would certainly have to start with Scheffler, just so people understand what he's doing. Um, he hasn't been outside the top 12 in any event he's played since week seven of the NFL regular season in 2022, okay? And to put that in perspective, Tiger Woods has done this in his career 19 straight times. Scotty Scheffler has done this 18 straight times. And we're talking about Tiger Woods going through this streak when he was peak Tiger Woods, 2000, 2001, this kind of scenario. This is the consistency that we've seen from Scotty Scheffler. Uh, he hasn't missed a cut since last August when he, he missed a cut at the first playoff event uh, in the FedEx uh, playoffs, FedEx Cup playoffs at the uh, PGA Tour and Southwind uh, in, in Memphis. So if you're looking for someone to make a comeback, to me it would be the guy who hasn't finished outside the top 12 in over a year. When it comes to who maybe does have the better odds, I know you were speaking of Harmon. Hey, it, it, this would be an easy course to maybe lose that lead because he's trying to do something he's never done before. And you just mentioned Scotty, but is there anyone that's sitting outside of, let's say, the top three that you're like, hey, don't sleep on this guy because it'll be easy for him to move up that leaderboard? Well, Jordan, Jordan Spieth is the first guy that comes to mind. And, and just so people understand, like he was three over, three under on his front nine and then finished three over on his back for a level par around the 71. Well, on Thursday, he shot 69. Why is that significant? Since 2015, that was his 20th round in the 60s at the Open Championship, including his win at Royal Birkdale. No other player comes close to that over that time frame. He has 20 rounds in the 60s. That's eight more than anybody else from 2015 going forward. And when we talk about Royal Liverpool, it's a course where you don't have to overpower it, but you sort of have to be very imaginative. You sort of have to create shots. And Jordan is one of those guys who's kind of an artist out there. He's not a real tactician. He can hit it a little crooked at times, and sometimes the putter works, sometimes the putter doesn't, but he has a very creative mind. And I think on a course like Liverpool, where you don't just get to wail away with the driver and just, like, beat it to death, you have to find ways. And I think there's nobody that's better at that in his career, and especially in Lynx golf, than, than Jordan Spieth. So that's a guy who's sitting, you know, eight strokes back at two under par, who I think might have a real say in this when it's all said and done. Trey, give me your take on what's going on with uh, Saquon Barkley, Jacobs, and, you know, same thing's going on with Tony Pollard, but what are your thoughts on what's happening with the running back, the lack of commitment long-term, and uh, just the devaluing of the position? You know, it's funny. It's gotten a lot of press, uh, a lot of media attention, this year for reasons that I can't figure out. Because if you've been watching football for the last five years, this is the way it's gone. Unless you're Christian McCaffrey, unless you're Derrick Henry, you're not getting those deals. And oh, by the way, when Christian McCaffrey got his deal, he got hurt a bunch for the next two seasons, and Derrick Henry is now trying to figure out what's going to happen in his career. Look, when you, uh, the Chiefs have been the most dominant franchise in football over the last four years. They've gone to three Super Bowls and won two of them. They have three running backs that have been at the forefront of that, and that's undrafted running back Damian Williams, a third-round pick Jarek McKinnon, whom every year they sign up when no one else wants to pick him up, they get him on pennies on the dollar, and seventh-round pick this past season Isaiah Pacheco. They, they used a first-round pick in 2020 on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he's not even close to being the most significant running back on that team over that time frame. The position is rotational. 
The position is one where you worry about injury significantly, and it's been that way for six or seven years. It's just getting a lot of attention now because Daniel Jones got the contract he got from the Jets, just from the Giants rather, and Saquon Barkley is not getting the contract he wants from the Giants, and he's clearly a better football player. It's not the player, it's the position that the player plays. I want to make sure I'm clear on the rules on this one just to suggest a sinister move, and I forgot who, who suggested it the other day. The Giants want to win. We're, we're not sure here in Vegas what the goal of the Raiders is this year. I, I, I think they have some interest in being a, a top-five team and getting the quarterback position settled. Giants want to win. If it gets to a point where it's really, really uh, blistered the relationship with Saquon Barkley, why couldn't they go out and sign Zeke Elliott for like $5 million for a year and then rescind the tag? Like, how does this work with Barkley? Could they tell Barkley just to hit the bricks and take advantage of this – really soft market and just sign another back for a lot less money. Well, they could do that. And again, mm-hmm. that tag is only good if Saquon signs it. Yeah. Okay. That, that's the most important thing. They're not committed to that. That's the thing they've extended to him, but for him to agree to do it, he has to sign it. And remember, that was the situation with Le'Veon Bell a few years ago with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I would say to anybody that's thinking about uh, sitting out a year and doing all this, that move backfired for Le'Veon Bell. Like he got a deal with the Jets, but he never. It was a big year, you know, multi-million dollar deal. He never saw one third of that money because it was all, you know, fake salary cap dollars. And he actually put out a post on Instagram a couple of days ago where he said, "You know what? I never apologized to the Steelers for sitting out that season. It cost himself twelve point eight million dollars. Said I never should have done that. I apologize. So if you're thinking about sitting out, hey, it's certainly your prerogative. And if you think you want to do it, that's fine." But don't think you're making that money back. Like, if Saquon sits out a year and comes back, no one's going to make up that $10 million that he's going to lose this year by not playing. So, you know, you, 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 you have to approach this logically. And it doesn't make sense on a lot of levels because he's a really good player. But it's not the fact that he's a really good player. It's the fact that the position he plays. The, the, the positions that are going to get paid in the NFL these days, obviously quarterback. Obviously, wide receiver. Obviously, offensive lines, specifically tackles, left and right now, because you know edge rushers line up on either side, and edge rushers. Those are the positions that are going to get paid more than anybody else, because that's the way the game is played. That's the way the game is refereed, and quite frankly, that's also the way the game, the way the game is adjudicated when it comes to penalties and suspensions. Trey, what do you have cooking during the football season this year? Well, we got a lot of everything. We'll be with the 33rd team. I've got a show coming up on the Stunt app with my friend Mark Slareth. We'll be doing something there. I'll be back with Pro Football Network and a couple other things that I can't fully announce yet, mm. but uh, they are in the works, so we're looking forward to all of it. Before you go, I'm going to back into the corner here. you got to come out fighting. I want to see your answer on this one. Um, okay. Looking at ESPN, would you be more disappointed if ESPN, uh, Disney, sold off a piece to the Saudis or – if they took straight-up investment from the NFL or the NBA, like legit ownership? You know, I, whatever they have to do to, to, to get through is fine with me. I had 23 wonderful years at ESPN, and I, I would hate for it to suffer. So, you know, I wish everybody that, that works at ESPN now would, would be, have the good fortune to have the career I had. So whatever uh, thing that they feel like they need to do, Go ahead and do, and I have no issues with it. Okay, that's a good answer. I uh, on the Saudi front, I would be disappointed if 
Disney sold off to the Saudis, but uh, I think that's going to be something that's happening a lot with professional oh, sports listen, in the U.S. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. I, it wouldn't surprise me if they own NBA. I mean, they own, they own so many Premier League teams in, in the U.K. You know, this is not something new. They just right. sort of use the back door of live to get into what they really wanted, which is the seat of influence on the PGA Tour. Trey, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. You got it, guys. Always a pleasure. That's one thing for the Premier League, but uh, you know they helped fund take down the towers and orchestrate multiple attacks, and a lot of people still aren't past that. Is that it? That's it? Yeah. And a lot more beyond that. I mean, when do you move on from that? I think that's your attitude. <laughs> you guys that might be the party line. Find some new material. That might be the party line when the NFL sells a team to them and they're like, okay, you know, they've done a lot to repair the relationship. It's a long time ago. What happens if you're the local beat writer that gives them a little criticism? Cofield and Company presents Grab Bag. Don't touch it. Don't even look at it. Only on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand Wrapping in there, it up yeah. on a Friday. Cofield and Company. Adam Hill is here. Demond as well. I should ask Trey Wingo that question differently because I was really trying to address what Demond wanted to ask about uh, back end investment. At ESPN, I wasn't trying to set him up to a freaking slam uh, ESPN, his former employer. But there's a story out there that, again, Disney's looking for all possibilities to try to you know sell off some of ESPN. And part of it would be selling to a league, selling to the NBA or the NFL. You said it's at the end of journalism. Yeah, if you sell off to the NBA... Like, well, I don't know why. Just sell it to Apple or something. Because if you sell off to the NBA, how critical is the NBA coverage going to be? We see it now where, hey, Woj, where it's like, hey, man, I'm not hitting Portland too hard. Or whichever agency that it's like they're going to give that preferential treatment to or maybe not bash those guys as hard. If the league is a total partner, you're not going to see maybe those hard-hitting, outside-the-line investigative pieces of something that goes wrong. I mean, you're right. <laughs> That's how it works because if you have – there will be enough from non-partner media, though. But you'll definitely see that from partners. Yeah, but people it's still the worldwide leader. I know that we talk about how media is dying, but most people, hey, I just turned on ESPN. Yeah, I mean that's, that's <laughs> true. But that, that's, I mean, you see some, you see some negative coverage now, but maybe not as much as there should be on certain certain topics. Certainly, you know, the NBA has chosen to not discuss civil you know not discuss human rights in china and they've kind of been vocal about it everywhere else i mean we already see that happening it's already part of the equation that you have to kind of sort through what's you know what's being reported and why with a lot of different outlets but what it comes when it just let's see bill simmons a couple years ago even though he's a little full of himself but when he went after roger goodell and they said hey man you're out of here is anyone <laughs> ever gonna be able to just say now i don't think that was a one factor exit no I think that was the final straw. Yeah, yeah. More was like, yeah, the third strike, you're out. And I think you nailed it on the front end. Little full of himself. Little, yeah. And believe yeah. he he locked into it, man. He left at the right time when you know sports was hot as a pistol and people were throwing around money on a ridiculous level. So he made out like a bandit. Like I mean, you, mean, you actually you read the Ringer, right? Oh yeah. I I think the only time I look at the Ringer is when you send the link. I haven't looked at that site in years. But I also but I also I don't like Simmons. I would also I would also argue there'll be outlets like I will almost guarantee oh man this could I can end up being wrong I'll almost guarantee the Washington Post doesn't go soft on any Saudi investment anywhere <laughs> like there will still be ways to 
find real news and real discussion. But I don't think the average person is going to – it's not sure. going to hit them. Yeah, you know, I, you're going to have to go search for it. It's totally fair. <laughs> totally fair critique. I think it's part of why you don't want these investments in sports. Well, we've already gone down the path with super, super high-level partnerships. So that already kind of curbed some of the objectivity. We are done for the week. Look for best of Cofield & Company interviews and videos and blocks up on Facebook and Twitter and elsewhere. Threads. I'm working on it, man. I deleted it off my phone. I said no one's using it. It's already done. TikTok. TikTok.